Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Wrong with the Podcast. Today, we're delighted to be talking to Marco Mattia Cristofori. Marco holds a master's in architecture from the University of Roma Tre. After working as an architect in Istanbul and London, Marco decided to move into the digital publication and fabrication world. Currently in Berlin, Marco is working as a product owner at Big Rep, a large-scale 3D printers manufacturer, where he was able to push the limits of additive manufacturing by developing applications such as the Nera e-bike, the first functional prototype of an e-bike fully 3D printed, the Genesis EcoWall, and more. In 2017, he co-founded Non-Architecture, a digital platform that aims to find unconventional and unexplored design solutions in the field of architecture. Since then, Non-Architecture organized 13 international design competitions, published 11 books, and recently launched a journal. The Non-Architecture community is composed now by more than 20,000 people. Marco has been selected in 2019 among the Forbes Under 30 Italy. Marco, welcome. Hello, thank you. Marco is not only an expert in the field of 3D printing, but he's also a dear friend, so we're really happy to have you. Um, so, but do please tell us about yourself so that our audience also gets to know you. Of course, first of all, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Pnat. Um, so my name is Marco Mattia Cristofori. Uh, I'm from Italy, born close to Rome. Uh, I've been living out of Italy's for a long uh, now, I've been studying architecture, both bachelor and master degree. Um, I worked for a while uh, in Istanbul, in London, in Spain. Uh, I had the pleasure to work also with the High Carbaco. And, uh, you know, um, from that moment, slowly, slowly, my life uh, took kind of another direction where I moved from the architecture to more digital fabrication, right? So even though my studies are like, simply than the standard architecture one uh, on the way I moved to this direction. So right now I'm working on a 3D printing company and I'm working with uh, digital fabrication since three years, three years and a half. So do tell us about, um, I guess like what we want to understand in the field of like digital fabrication, obviously there's a lot of conversation on how it can help on process, the pace, cost, um, even in terms of like sustainability measures too. So uh, tell us like how you've seen digital fabrication enabling uh, some of the designs that maybe are not able to be realized easily or um, how it is like changing the face of manufacturing. So I think um, focusing mostly, like I will mostly talk about 3D printing, but in general, uh, I think this new technology, which again, is not that new, but is now spreading more and more. The education is starting spreading and people start understanding more and more this technology. It's definitely unlocking some things that they were not uh, there before. Uh, for example, what we define and we call here in Big Rap, we call like kind of rapid innovation, right? Like you can easily manufacture prototype things you know, like even different things, like with different design, for example, languages or different like dimension or size using the same machine. This is like, for me, one of the main aspects and main uh, benefits of using 3D printing, right? Like usually let's say injection molding, right? You have a wall process to produce something. And if you need to change that something, you need to, wall, you need to change the wall process to get to that part, right? To manufacture right. something. So the benefit of 3D printing is definitely one is this one, the fact that the same machine can produce different shapes, right? 
even more complex shapes. So you don't have the many, like some of the limitations that are there in injection molding. I'm not saying that one is better than the other one, right? I believe they're complementary. So they support kind of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, you can bring different material with the same machine sometimes, right? Different properties, et cetera. And these also allows a lot users to stop outsourcing things. Yes, and this yes. happens a lot. Also in small companies, for example, it's hard to set up this kind of manufacturing processes, right? Because they're super expensive, but having a 3D printer allows you to, to, to then start doing things in-house. And this is beneficial because of leads time, right? You have them much, right. much faster. And for, again, uh, like uh, rapid innovation, but also like sometimes also to protect IP, right? Because you don't outsourcing things, meaning pre-produced stuff in-house and then releasing them just once they're ready. Uh, so you don't risk any, any, you know, leaking of information or whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely um, the benefit that I always look at, but, now also after this what happening or what is happening or what happened this corona situation you you can even more probably feel the benefit of this technology right because like it it will i'm sure that after this pandemic the 3d printing in general will be will boost even more uh, due to the right. fact that again logistic transportation like all everything is limited now everything is like it was a period like for example in italy like literally everything was uh, lockdown, right? So for companies, it was yeah. super hard to get um, stuff in-house or shipping stuff. So like the idea that you can start manufacturing locally, so you cut logistic, it, it's already another huge topic that, uh, you know. Yeah, um, that's such a good point as, you know, not only we've seen that we have to be more adaptive and like res responsive more than ever, but also there is like huge discussions that okay, how do we reduce carbon footprint? And which like manufacturing and sourcing and import and exporting, like all of that is like adding to that, right? And if we have the means to sort of just produce locally through local vendors and with through people who also have the know-how on how to 3D print. So it could technically not only help you like create um you know, local production with a way less overhead, but also, you know, be more adaptive to any situation like this, mm -hmm. or also uh, reduce carbon footprint. So I think in that sense, like we've already had, uh, are seeing like some of the benefits like around it. And then uh, companies like Big Rep, they're actually also showing us like, you can actually also do this in different scales, right? Like it doesn't have to be like mini prototypes that you're printing, but it could be, an actual product itself too. Exactly. And it's so crucial for us to see that because maybe that is one of the reason why it's not half of the manufacturing bandwidth uh, already. Because I think the perception around 3D printing is a bit more, you know, okay, we like print mini models or exactly. some people just use it to show off, but not the real benefits are actually used. Um, so I guess like, so that we can also talk about like scale, can you give us some examples of some of the projects you've worked on that are in like various scales at Big Red? Of course, so we, we develop a lot of projects with clients, of course, right? Because like we have a lot of clients that approach us, they buy and then they already know how to uh, you know, work with the machine, but also some of them that are still on the process of learning. Like this is uh, another topic, like we were saying, like the fact that the education on this, technology is slowly slowly getting there because the, 
there are few let's say universities right that teach you how to model for there are like you know yeah um, also modeling technique right there are some things that you have to consider when you model for fpm sls there are different 3d printing technologies right so like injection molding everybody studied it so it's easier for them so it, 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 when they get to 3d printing sometimes we need to cooperate and create projects together to actually mm. you know use that, that like the, the the benefits of the machine at the at the max level so we developed several projects also in-house like we have this department where i'm working with in big Rep, which is called now lab which is basically the consulting and innovation uh, side of big Rep, where what we do is exactly this we got this kind of cooperation with clients to develop like kind of breaking uh boundaries let's say like a pushing them a bit further mm -hmm. right there are of course very important application where we focus the more uh so far used in this technology see jigs see fixture you know like these kind of tools that you need to customize all the time and you need to produce them fast so it's one of the main application or molding in general right like produce molds it's it's, it's kind of hard and it's still most of the time made by hand so imagine what you can unlock right. with large scale 3D printer, right? Like concrete molding, right? For example, that's a big topic when you start, uh, you guys know, right? When you start making like shapes a bit more complicated, right? Where, when you want to push a bit the limit, for example, in architecture, right? You, wanna, yeah. you don't want to have a column completely straight, but you want to have, you know, some uh, add some emotions in the architecture. Right? Most of the time is the client cutting because it's like, no, it's too expensive. How do I mold? Like, how do I even build a mold for this? And this yeah. is something that we, for example, we work uh, with a lot, so try to unlock also in architecture a bit this, uh, this kind of limitation, let's say. Uh, but then we focus also in mobility. So we developed several projects on that side, probably with the one that, let's say, it's more famous, that went a bit over uh, all over the place, was this Nera e-bike, right? This was developed in-house uh, by us. It was more a challenge, right? We needed to prepare a project for this big trade show. It's called Formnext. Uh, which is kind of the biggest trade show of uh, 3D printing in Europe. And I think it's going to move to the US soon as well. And uh, we wanted to show something big, but we had like three months left. So we're talking about three months, four weeks, 12 weeks. And we are a group of four or five people here in Navalabe. Most of us have architecture background, right? This is another thing like 3D printing, right? Like thinking out of the box a bit, right? It's, we keep repeating this sentence all over but it actually makes sense like having the creativity being an architect being a designer and you don't have any more limitation right because yeah. you print, can print everything you want so that was the say it's one of the main projects because in 12 weeks literally from white paper so from like sketching on a paper having a functional electric prototype of a motorcycle which was like fully 3d printed right Amazing. we didn't even have we didn't even have metal frame the whole idea was to actually make it fully in plastic of course the electronics components are not printed right? we print polymers so mm -hmm. that was the um, limitation let's say but uh, it was more a restriction that we give to ourselves so besides electronics it was fully printed even the tires right we had this concept of airless tires that they were printed with the tpu so more soft material and we were able to customize the pattern there we were able to find a solution also for you know, that, that the thing was easy maybe for us because we, we're not motorcycle designers. Again, we are architects. So we, it was easy to break the way usually motorcycles are produced. We said, okay, we yeah. need to do something from zero. Like how are we going to absorb the shocking, right? Like when you hit the ground, we don't have suspension like a normal motorcycle. So we came out with this concept of having like a top hard part, a bottom hard part, and in the middle having this kind of soft spongy part with this mm. CPU again. So whenever you hit something, it kind of absorbs. 
which probably we we might have learned it in architecture, right? For some, I don't know, earthquake resistant sure. thing that we said. For the way also you transport it, it's, it's beautiful the way you can play with it. And again, you go home, you go back the day after and you have a prototype ready. Yeah. This, is, this is crazy, right? I mean, the same machine basically manufacture all the components of this electric motorcycle. Like we didn't have to go through multiple uh, third party, you know, components yeah. to assemble and produce this. We use our fleet of machines and four people working on it, two people working on it, and we were able to manufacture it. Now think about a standard manufacturing process, think a big company that like usually does this, like motorcycle prototyping, et cetera, how long it might take to develop a functional prototype, right? Yeah. So you you definitely break, you cut a lot the lead time. And this 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 definitely can just support innovation, right? Because then you push more and more. Yeah. And I think, you know, at least, well, Europe is a bit more advanced than this, but like in US, we feel like, you know, the e-bike trend or use hasn't even like started, even though it's a little bit here. But considering after the pandemic, there's a high chance that, you know, uh, bike usage is going to increase as uh, use of, for example, in cities like New York, the subway is going to decrease. Um, and I think it's really interesting to think of like, okay, then are the future bike manufacturers going to look like just uh, you know, a plant of 3D printers where we're just like 3D printing bikes and um, assembling and maybe adapting to customers' needs and wants, right? Like I think 3D printing also get, gives a real interesting flexibility on um, being adaptive. So it mm -hmm. could technically also allow for more accessibility and inclusion in product use. If, if a user has certain abilities or disabilities, it can adapt to that if a um if suddenly you know we see um we get complaints on i don't know the weight or no storage area or whatever like you said the design could change rapidly and you can adapt to consumer needs right away exactly. rather than like launching a new product in four years so i think exactly. that you know a uh, fast response is so fascinating and hoping that you know through firms like Big Rev, we will see a little bit more uh, push in industries that are really behind on innovation like construction, right? That will uh, slowly adapt these technologies so we can actually um, have more responsive built environments too. I think one of the things that the pandemic showed us is that we really, built environment failed, right? Like we, we really didn't react to, um, like we weren't able to react to what was going on. Uh, we like the virus could still spread through built environment, which we shouldn't be experiencing maybe in 2020. And people suddenly they were in their homes in cities like London or New York, where the, the cities are based on a social life. So the homes stopped making sense. Like everybody started to question their own space and that couldn't adapt either. So it's kind of, really interesting to think of like all these other fields that could adopt, adopt uh, these practices from digital fabrication or 3D printing so that we can create a little bit more responsive um, uh, designs in, uh, in areas where we're so static and we're not able to move that quickly. So I think in that sense, like this is really, really interesting. And do you see uh, any other um, trends or maybe collaborations with different industries with uh, 
3D that might incorporate 3D printing to sort of enable for such responsiveness or um, innovation. I think it will it will touch a bit, let's say, all the industries out there. Like again, like the logistic is one of the main topics. So, like cutting the logistic, it's a huge, huge thing, right? And people are starting to realize things. So, in a way, this pandemic helped to spread even more the knowledge. Like, yeah. I mean, we we are more like industrial manufacturer, right? But like, like, think about how many makers are out there, right? There are makers like how like I don't know how many makers are out there with a printer at home, a desktop printer, and see yeah. the, the what happened at what happened during the pandemic. Like how everybody started. For me, it was beautiful, right? Inspiring. Like all these makers started supporting somehow like local hospital, local with what they could do, right? Like, I don't know, manufacturing this face sheet, manufacturing masks or door openers or whatever yeah. could support. A, a lot of hospitals around the world were able to unlock quite a, in, a good amount of money to actually invest in 3D printing. So they opened and they expanded because they were able to cut the usual bureaucracy, right? Due to the emergency. Mm. So now they have, they have huge spaces with, with a lot of manufacturing um, additive manufacturing like spaces where then they can use this in case something else happened, right? So there are of course also a lot of machines that they can print also material that, you know, are like medical, um, let's say approved, et cetera. So they, they, they can literally manufacture stuff in house. Uh, and these of course will spread, spread more and more. So the first one, I think the health in general um, industry yeah. will be for sure affected. But it's, it's, it will be more and more. Mobility is another one, and we can already see. We get a lot of requests from a lot of startups that are moving in this direction, and they want to start mm. to be kind of the promoter. You need someone, you know, with, with, with a vision, of course, and then they need to. Yeah. It's hard to re-educate a system that is already kind of working, right? It, it's hard that you can combine someone that has already a structure there since 35 years to manufacture the things in the same time to change radically in one. But then there will be the uh, young or whatever, less young, entrepreneur that will start something new from scratch using this technology and it you know it will make the difference and i'm sure it's coming and it will come so even sooner like due to what happened yeah and yeah. another direction is what you were saying that for me it's, it's huge is in general like how so far we always lead and we're still living in mass production right like we 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 accept that we live with it we give for granted that mass mass production is okay and this is what we need but with with this expansion, with this AM distribution, like mass customization will be a new hot trend, a topic, a topic, right? Because like you said, print like manufacturing hundred times the same part or manufacturing hundred times the same part with small adjustment in 3D printing doesn't affect the price. And this is a huge thing compared with other technologies. So you are able to customize little things and still keep the same price of production. So you can you can more and more make your customer, you know, happy. And this will be a big thing. Like config yeah. the so-called configurator are already out there. There are like five or 6,000, I think, already in the web around for different, uh, not just for 3D printing, mm. where the customer can customize things on the production before ordering it. We used to do it with cuts, right? But we have very limited amount of selection, like a yeah, color, uh, having some extra thing inside the car so we kind yeah. of feel customizing but they're not really customizing but imagine before you buy something on amazon you can maybe customize it and then you order it right yeah where if it's a seat maybe i don't know you scan your body or something and then using the scan of your body you will be able to create a seat that perfectly fits your body or i don't know handle or whatever it's more um it's already happening of course in the dental world right like dentists mm -hmm. more and more are moving on this like this using oh it's called like there was this thing to get the mold right the yeah, shape yeah, of the yeah, teeth yeah. that they, they, yeah. they put that 
super disgusting thing in your mouth for 20 <laughs> minutes until it becomes hard and it's like right yeah. and now it's much easier because you can scan it and then you know you can do the 3d printing out of uh, like either the mold or you can print that right. and this is fully customized because every person has different teeth right so but yeah. more and more it will expand even in normal uh, day by day uh, using things yeah so, and that's sure super be. exciting as you know we always like talk about how to be more human-centered, how to be more responsive, how to be more accessible, right? And I think, um, you know, we do uh, support universal design principles, but it, at the same time, it's really hard to universally design when all of us are so unique as well. So I think that's where, especially with like 3D printing, so many opportunities come to place where every uh, error or fault or, inaccessibility that happens because of design can actually be eliminated because we would have the means of just like rapid iteration. I think we're always like, we're trying to be like, as an architecture and design studio, we're trying to be more in the mindset of like, okay, like we can, for example, think about future homes, but the project we did four years ago about future homes is gonna be the first prototype of that. And now what we're doing is like maybe the fourth iteration of how we see future homes. And this mindset should be okay. I think in architecture, we, we're, we're a little bit more focused on like, okay, we did this like masterpiece building and it's gonna be there forever. And that's it, and it's amazing. Well, maybe not, like maybe it's very not much accessible. Maybe it was, it was very environmentally destructive to build that building. Maybe it was um, not a fair trade while you were building it. Maybe it was a fair to the construction sure. worker. Like so many things could be wrong, but we do not question things. Like we do like obviously through like now sustainability, we have that mindset, but we, it's really slow on how we rethink what was built at one at some point and with like 3d printing we're maybe even talking about rapid customization of houses to our needs uh right like maybe i um i need a one bedroom now but maybe i have, I have a child i need two bedroom now and my child went off to college maybe i want to adapt again and then just like having flexibility even around your like home environment i think we need to really like, we need to see the pushes you were talking about in maybe mobility sector or healthcare sector for this to become more and more normal and be adopted by other industries that are a little bit slower to move in that. But I guess like to that point, how do you see uh, the side in materiality? I think like many years ago, printing in different materials was a challenge, mm -hmm. right? Like it didn't even exist maybe like in so, so many machines. And now we're seeing like you can print like concrete, you can print in like maybe metal, you can do whatever you want. But do you think that's gonna even like more improve so we can start printing to your point, like products or structures that are made up of different materials and maybe all in one. And maybe it's like all recycled plastic, you know, like we're not even uh, reusing new materials or, um, we're just like recycling our own things and then like printing with that. Like, do you see, what are some of the innovations you're seeing in like the material side of it? I, I, I think that actually uh, that's a good question. And I, I don't think I can imagine where it will end up at one point. Like, of course, if we see movie, you know, where there are like futuristic situation where they live in Mars and they just push a button <laughs> and they print like you know, whatever yeah. they need in two seconds. So maybe, 
uh, I don't think it will get to that level, but you never know in the same time. But talking about sustainability, that's for sure, right? Recycling is already a big topic. A lot of companies, we do it as well, right? We print yeah. a lot of PTG, uh, PET, PTG. So this is like one of the most common plastic, the bottle plastic, right? That you can definitely use, you can reuse. You shred it, you wash it, and you, you make filament out of it. Or you print it with pellet extruders, right? So mm. uh, you can you can already do that. We, we do it, a lot of companies, um, uh, does it do it as well? Um, multi-materiality is another topic that, of course, is there, but there are, it, it it grew like I'm I'm been here now since three years, as I said, right? And I saw so much changing. Like the evolution is so fast in this topic, which is yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's not like linear. Definitely, it's more like curve, right? And it, it, right. it every year something new comes out. Um, we saw a company also in the US, like people, like company like Carbon, and now developed like partnership with Adidas, and actually went to production in shoes that now you can buy, and the soul of those shoes are 3D printed, which three years ago would have been like, oh wow, 3D printing will never go to manufacturing, right? Will be always prototype, yeah. and now they're doing it, or again like this configuration. I know there is a company thing in Denmark that they have shops where you enter, and basically they're shoe shops. They do shoes, right? But there's another thing of the customization, feet and stuff. So you go in the shop, there is this wow. kind of instrument where you stand up, they scan your feet, they take your weight and everything. You go out, you come back the day after and they produce the sole uh, printed to perfectly fit your need uh, with the structure of your body. So this, this it's, it's something, there are so many technologies now out there. I can't even list them because again, SLS, FDM, and there are so many. Uh, some are focusing on organic, some are focusing on actually multi-materiality, like you say, someone is focused more on the metal. Uh, mm. The size matters a lot. Some people are like focusing on the micro, super micro, micro printing, right? Like scale mm. of a coin or even more. People like us sure. are focusing more on the big scale. Uh, there are more and more companies coming out for zero gravity printing, right? Like as I was saying, it's an issue printing. Yeah. And we have some limitation, right? Like you cannot print in the air, right? If you do FDM layer by layer, at a certain point, you need some support when you cross the famous, I don't know, 45 degree or 60 degree or whatever yeah. uh, the material allows you. But when you are out of space and you have zero gravity, that's not an issue anymore, right? So you can start printing without thinking about this kind of problem. So there are wow. companies right now that are focusing on this and trying to develop way to print with zero gravity, right? And I think like already there are some printers out there and they're already testing it, different things, which is super exciting for me because it's even more what, what we ride. So uh, I, I can't see a limitation because it's again, every, every year a new company comes out with some like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even see that coming, right? And, right, and then it right, comes. Right. Concrete printing is another big topic, right? There are companies focusing just on that one, trying to print, like you're saying, houses and like concrete uh, directly on spot. Mm -hmm. So you don't need, again, to do like all the transportation. You print on spot directly, the, the, at least the structural wall. Uh, then you take care of the insulation, et cetera. But at least the concrete structure is printed there. So I don't have actually an opinion where it goes because I'm super, not in a negative way, in a super positive way. But I'm sure in the next two, three years, we will see uh, a lot of crazy things that we didn't you know, think about. I, I love hearing that actually, as someone who is in the field itself, like not being able to even like speculate the end of like how this might happen actually shows how exponentially it's growing, which is really, really exciting. And I think the only thing that is really crucial around that is that we need to raise more awareness that the opportunities are endless. I think, you know, we see this in, for example, oil industry, how it's sort of slowing down the electric vehicle industry. So these type of like 
very entrenched and um, uh, established institutions or big corporations sort of slowing down the progress and adopting new technologies or more sustainable measures is uh, what we see, which is why we actually have to talk about these more. Like we have to help people understand and see like, okay, the opportunities are endless. All you need to do is to get on board with the mindset and start doing really, because it's all about adaptation. And I think like this learning curve, um, I'm hoping will sort of push all these industries or institutions that are slow to adopt to sort of encourage and support and spread wider uh, such innovations so that we can see not only like beautiful prototypes in certain industries, but actual executions, recognizing that this is maybe against the prototype and we keep iterating, but at the same time, let's start using these things and mm -hmm. let's, let's have more of a common conversation. Um, so in that sense, like I'm really thankful that you're in the industry as a brilliant designer because we need minds like that in uh, such technologically advanced industries. And with that, I would love to sort of hear a piece of advice you would want to give for anyone who is sort of like thinking what they should be doing next or want to get into a field that is sort of really pushing the boundaries in, um, in a certain field or there, people who are really trying to challenge the day-to-day -day status quo at all times. What is a like one or two liner you would give? Well, sure. Let's let's focus on the 3D printing side. That's fine. But <laughs> but I would say yeah, definitely like one suggestion. But for those people and for us that we are in this industry, like jump on it, like because it 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 feels like it's a world not for creative, rather more for engineer. Because again, it's machine manufacturing. But there is a big need of creative, and we need those people because we need these people jumping in this industry to then break a bit the boundaries and develop new things. Again, like you say, disruptive. We need these people that actually can see a machine and they don't think about the machine itself, but they start thinking, oh, wow, how many things I can do out of this machine, right? Yeah. And this is what happened to me even before working for Big Rep, right? When I was um, a new guy visiting you and we, it was this a Big Rep machine in the new lab, right? And it was the Big Rep machine was there and that was the first time I saw it. And my mind was like blown up. I was like, oh, wow, like, like there is a printer of this size. Like imagine what you can do out of that, right? Yeah. And then the first thing is start elaborating. So we need creative people to jump in this to, to, to exactly do that and try to break more and more the boundaries. Like what you said, also there was this case with this guy, this Italian guy, that there was an issue missing of mask, missing of ventilator. And he came out from his, I don't know if he's from his small company or from his apartment, but to take Decathlon mask, like the snorkeling mask, yeah. and create and print an adapter to connect the snorkeling mask to the normal um, uh, ventilation system for hospital in Italy, right? So wow. you could bring, like, it, it was necessary an adapter, right, to connect the snorkeling mask to the normal standard size, and he printed and started producing it, and Decathlon jumped in, and, you know, they did this, uh, it was beautiful, like, you see a guy that, you know, like, come out with this idea from, from, um, and he was able to do manufacturing without like going outside or asking, or oh, I have the idea, but I cannot make it, right? How many times this happened? Like, oh, I, I will do that yeah. if I could, but I can't. Um, so for sure, like jump on this more and more also 3D printing in general is accessible, right? Or now there are like small printers for even $200, $300, right? So it's kind of accessible and it, it gives you so much satisfaction start to see what is in your mind happening like live or having it the day after ready. 
So that's the only suggestion that I give to people, but I give to, you know, just also to support us because we need creative minds in this industry, even though it might sound that is not true. I strongly support this because these are the people that then will make the difference on the output and the outcome and that we spread, you know, they will make sure that this technology spread even faster. Well, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Marco. It's always Thank a you. pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What's Wrong with Synopsis. Although 3D printing represents less than 1% of the global manufacturing market, the technology is set to become an invaluable tool for production and innovation workflows. The perception of 3D printing as a solely prototyping technology is changing. Digital fabrication is being constantly driven by technological developments and promises higher flexibility and faster design, with the potential to disrupt the entire manufacturing industry. The use of digital fabrication technology has found various applications in a wide variety of industries, from motorcycles to advanced prosthetics. According to Statistica, the worldwide market for 3D printing products and services is anticipated to exceed 40 billion US dollars by 2024. From optimizing material, labor, and transportation costs to being able to cut down on waste, manufacturers have realized the advantages 3D printing has to offer. The rapidly evolving field of digital fabrication is beginning to do to manufacturing what the internet has done to information-based goods and services. Underway today is a transition from centralized production to a maker culture of dispersed manufacturing innovation. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. For more details on our guests, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information on our events and podcasts, visit us at what's wrong with that XYZ.